On this episode of Off Course Agility, I'm talking trials and communications. The calendar has flipped to August, which means we're more than halfway through the year, and you could say maybe halfway through the summer. I hope that uh, your summer and your year of trialing has uh, been a successful, uh, maybe more successful than last year when a lot of trials didn't happen. At least this year, trials have been happening. For me and my dog, Trace, we've at least made it to some. We haven't gotten a lot of cues, but uh, once again, we have this issue, like we're kind of in between intro and novice, and I really regret that last year we didn't have any trials to go to. So, uh, you know, it's all, it's almost in a way this year we're, we're starting over again as, as an intro. And I've been entering intro in, in, in my classes, in most of the classes. And uh, I shouldn't say he hasn't gotten any cues. We've gotten some, we've gotten some intro. We even got a novice gambler cue. So it's been, been successful to some extent and I'm learning He's progressing. I see it. That's what you want to see. You want to see your team bond improving. So I hope for you that uh, wherever you are across the country or around the world even, that uh, you're able to get to some trials no matter what the venue and that you're having fun with your dog and uh, doing good. As on my last episode, my guest was... uh, Isabel Danforth, and she had mentioned, you know, that she had hoped to see me up in uh, Dummerston, Vermont, for the Northeast Agility Enthusiasts trial in uh, August. And that indeed will be um, my next trial, hopefully, if all goes correctly. Uh, Trace and I'll be there. It's a three-day trial, so we will get a number of runs, hopefully. I'm hoping the weather is going to be good and it's going to be on the cooler side. It is Vermont, uh, but, you know, in August, you don't know what the weather will be. It could be could be warm. It could be too warm. could be hot. It could be rain. You never know. It's an outside trial, and I enjoy outside trials. I also have enjoyed over the years going to indoor trials. Uh, At least you don't have to worry about weather with those. But when I attended the Northeast Agility Trial back in June, which was the last actual trial that I've gone to, um, they were operating under uh, a new method. Uh, They were I would call it, it was a paperless trial. And uh, I believe their intention is to continue that. I mean, part of it was COVID, but part of it also is just to eliminate some of that paper that you get at trials. So that meant that the results and the run orders, everything, you could see everything, the courses, the course postings, everything you could see on on your phone through a Google uh, Google Docs. So you could go to a link uh, through a browser on your phone, or you could have the Google Docs app on your phone, and you could look at uh, these documents. So there was no um, there was no like 
what do you call it, the result table or anything like that. And, you know, over the years, that, that can... Uh, you know, that can be one of those annoying things because, you know, when you're trying to look at your results and, you know, <laughs> that, that the result book over the years can often be a very crowded area. Yeah, it's a chance to talk to people and stuff. But also, if you just want to have a quick look at your results, that can be a little annoying. So in a way, it's in a way, it's actually cool. But you know, you're involving technology and some people, you know, want to get away from technology at a uh, dog trial. But uh, I found it okay. I really did. I, I didn't mind it. And the one thing that Northeast Agility uh, Enthusiasts has always done from, I believe, from their inception is after the trial, they always would post on their website the PDF result sheets. So, like, if you didn't get a chance at the trial, um, you were doing other things, you just never really got a chance to peruse all the results of all the other dogs that were at the trial, you can look at it after, when you're back home. And I really have always liked that, that part of it. So, uh, I I've always found that really, really one of the nice things. I think a few other clubs over the years have done that. Um, I don't remember which ones now, but uh, that I always I always enjoyed. I mean, sure, you get the email with all your personal results, but, uh, you know, it's nice to see the dogs. You, know, like you may remember what some of your other dogs that you were watching that weekend uh, did. And you, you may not have once really look through all the sheets to see, but after the fact, you can look through and go, oh, yeah, look at that. That dog was having a good weekend. And then the next time you see him, you, you know, maybe you remember it, maybe you don't. Um, and you can talk to those people and, you know, hey, you had a really good trial the last time when you bump into him. Anyway, so much for that. So, I'm, But I am curious. I'm curious if any of you out there trialing in different venues in different places have seen any uses of uh, technology in, in a good way or a bad way you know, what your feeling is about that. Um, I know some of the other venues have been using apps for like gate stewarding type things. Um, I remember I only do Nadex, so I only know it. And most of the trials I go to are small, so there's never been a need for that. Um, you know, the gate sheets usually are still there. They're visible, they're printed. Even at Northeast Agility, there was still a gate sheet. I mean, that is one piece of paper that you do need. But, uh, that, you know, that that you have. But it, that was also available online. You could also see it online. So, uh, and at bigger trials, I can see the use of something like that where, you know, you can keep track of things better in regard to the gate and, and, and when you need to run and all that. So that's a few thoughts on, uh, on trials. Um, also, we're in the middle of the Olympics. And so there's a lot of, sports that I've, uh, you know, I'm not watching the Olympics a lot, but occasionally I see a sport now and then that I haven't seen. And the one thing the Olympics have never had, as far as I know, uh, well, I'm going to take that back right away as soon as it comes out of my mouth, is rarely are animals involved in the Olympics. Although I did see a little of, uh, I believe it was is it called dressage? I saw a little the horse event with a rider and a horse and the equestrian events. So they do have an equestrian event 
in the equestrian events in the Olympics. I'm wondering why why couldn't why couldn't they have a dog agility sometime? Why couldn't they involve dogs? There's a lot of a lot of dog sports that you could uh, maybe include. I don't know that they've ever in the winter have they ever thought to have uh, sled dog racing. I know maybe there's some groups that would find that highly you know offensive, PETA or someone, but. Uh, most people that do dog sports love their dogs and they, they take real good care of them. It's just a thought. You see all these uh, sometimes strange sports in the Olympics. Um, so it's curious that uh, I've never uh, never seen or heard talk of that. But it also uh, makes me wonder, like, how do you consider what you do uh, when you go to a dog trial? Uh, do you consider that a sport or do you consider it a hobby? To some extent, I consider it a hobby. I certainly know I am not an athlete. <laughs> I'm an overweight, overweight white guy. Uh, and I certainly can't run as fast as my dog. But my dog is a far better athlete than I am. And uh, he enjoys doing agility, and I enjoy doing it with him. So that's one of the most important things when I go to a trial. The other question to you and, and really to me, because I'm just talking today on this podcast, is back in June, I did not take videos of my runs. Pre-COVID, I kind of had a routine, and that was also pre-my podcast. I would almost always bring a video camera, a GoPro or something, and I would set it up and try to get videos of my runs. But... Through the trials I've gone to so far this year, I have kind of dropped that part of my routine. But I really miss it. Because, like, sometimes you do, when you look at the results and you go, oh, yeah, I got an E on that one. Well, why did I get an E again on that? You know, I didn't have the video to go back to. Did I, did I touch my dog? Did did he get distracted? I mean, I, I don't really know why I got E'd. I mean, I know I didn't cue. <laughs> Not like I'm really upset. But it's one of those things. That has always gotten me uh, when you get the E. And sometimes, and that's why I've got to go back to, to bringing a video camera on, videotaping all my runs, just for my own use afterwards, so I can see and as a tool to help me improve with uh, my dog. But, like, occasionally, too, like, you might be on a course, and I've seen many handlers do this over the years that dog's a little lost focus and maybe you just reach and you touch your dog to jazz him up get his focus back on you and uh, that's an e of course i mean you can't do that you can't touch your dog according to the rules so that's an e but then you might sometimes the dog then responds real well and you, you run out you run out and you do a decent course and sometimes you have no idea what the time is because you got an e and the time you know you don't get the time for that you know, maybe after that jazzing up, the dog was, you know, 10 seconds over. Well, that's useful to me. Okay, after I got him back focused, we, we were 10 seconds over. That's pretty good. So uh, it's just a note to self. And uh, a question for all you. Do you always have uh, your video? Do you always get videos of your runs when you go to trials? Um, I had been in the habit of doing that, but I got out of it. But... Uh, I really missed it uh, at the last trial I went to. So I'm going to make an effort to uh, be sure I bring uh, equipment so I can uh, videotape myself, whether I have someone do it with a phone or whether I do it with a GoPro. 
that is my intention. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be back with uh, some other subjects. Earlier in the year, I had talked to Eric Brad, and when he was a guest on my podcast, he had talked about his canine nation and how he was moving it to um, a vehicle called Substack so that he could release uh, weekly articles uh, through Substack. So after he was a guest on my podcast, I, I subscribed to the Canine Nation uh, Continues through Substack. And uh, I'll say I get another, uh, I am a diehard Mets fan. Um, I get another uh, newsletter about the Mets that comes through uh, Substack. So it seems to be a very uh, nice vehicle to release newsletters and, and writings through um, I mean, emails out to the subscribers and you get it whenever the uh, source decides to uh, send something out. So anyway, that is what uh, Eric uses for his Canine Nation Continues. And it, uh, it does work real well. Anyway, he had put out an article which may have been a, a rewrite of a prior article he did years ago. And it was entitled Talking to the Screen and it was dated July 11th, I believe. And in it, he had wrote about numbers, uh, you know, how he gets feedback. He sees how many people read things, you know, how many people click on the Internet, things like that. Um, that was the gist of the article and how he, he appreciates feedback. Um, whenever you're a producer of anything, I think you enjoy feedback. And so it is for me as a podcaster. I also enjoy uh, some feedback. So kind of following in the sense of his, uh, his essay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to talk just briefly about some of the numbers that I see, even though I don't always know what they all mean. But my last guest episode was Isabel Danforth. And uh, that episode has had 51 plays. Now, remember, I'm at the, this recording this essentially at the beginning of August, this podcast. So I've had 51 plays on that, which... I usually get around that many plays fairly quickly after I release a guest episode. Um, I also have a, a number that says I have 22 unique listeners in the last seven days. So somehow that's tracking unique sources that have downloaded or listened to uh, the podcast. And I get an estimate of my audience size, which I have seen vary. I don't know how that number is calculated. I've seen this number vary anywhere from the way beginnings of my podcasting, where it was maybe 15. Uh, but lately, it's, it's more in the, in the well, but the current number is 40. Uh, usually, it's a little higher. Usually, my estimate size is around 50, 60. And I've seen it go up to like 75, 80. Uh, so I'm not 100% how they calculate that. I think it's over the last month. And the last month, people are trialing. So maybe not as many people are downloading my uh, episodes uh, during that 30 days. So anyway, my, my estimated audience size somehow is calculated 40, which seems a lot because I know the last episode was 51. Who knows? And my total number of plays for the overall period that this podcast has been in existence is now over 3,000 downloads and plays, which I think is 
pretty good. And since I mentioned Eric Brad, his episode, which was earlier in this year, he's had seven, well, he, we, we have had 77 listens of that podcast. And Pat and Tom Maloney Harmon, uh, they had 91. We had that episode I did, that's had 91. So my high end that I've seen, you know, I've seen occasionally an episode go up into the 90s, close to 100. I think I've had one or two go over 100 um, listens. So I really enjoy seeing those numbers. I know that people, I know I have listeners, and I thank each and every one of you for continuing to listen. If I saw that, you know, I released an episode and it doesn't go anywhere, I'm going to stop doing it. So I do get that little bit of feedback. I thank all of you for listening. And I also thank anyone who ever drops me an email. Uh, I've mentioned my email a few times. I almost always do it every episode, which is offcourse at optimum.net. And at the end of June, I had gotten an email from Dave Vinci, who I used to see at uh, In The Zone Trials down in South Jersey. And back a number of years ago, when I would go to trials in Pennsylvania, I would see Dave, uh, Dave uh, and his dog, Azita, and Tippo, I believe that's how the dog's name is pronounced, T-I-P-O. Um, he would be at NADAC trials that I would go to in Pennsylvania. But most of the Pennsylvania clubs have stopped doing NADAC trials over the years. So uh, in his email, uh, David told me that now he mostly does CPE. Uh, so good for him. I'm glad he's still going to trials and having fun with his dog. And he, in, in his email, he told me that he had talked to Heather Eckenrode, also a prior guest on the podcast, and that after he talked to her, he'd gone back and listened to all my uh, episodes, and that now he had to sit and wait for the next one to come out. So, Dave, I thank you for... Uh, emailing me and I definitely remember you from uh, the trials of old and your dogs. Um, so thank you for emailing me. And if anyone else you want to drop me any comments, feedback, uh, volunteer to be a guest, you can always reach me at offcourse at optimum.net. But in the vein of possibly getting more comments and Things that I can use on the podcast, I had an idea, and the idea is a phone number, one of the most simplest technologies around. So 973-295-5887, that's a phone number that is essentially voicemail. You can also text it. So you can call and leave a voicemail. If you call that number, I will... You'll hear my recording saying this is the Off Course Agility Podcast comment line. And I welcome your comments on episodes or on any of the guests, uh, questions to me or feedback of any kind. Or if you've gone to a trial and you want to, you know, talk about something really great or some great experience you've had in any venue, NADAC, CP, whatever venue, you can call and leave me a message at 973-295-5887. 973-295-5887. 
And if you do on there, I say, if you leave me a message, I may use it on the podcast. So uh, please, if if there's something you'd like to reach out and, and touch touch the podcast, I'm trying to make it a little easier for you to do. And if you're, like I say, if you're at a trial or something or after the trial and you'd like to say something about it, you can, you can call me. I've been bringing, uh, I, at the last trial I attended, which was the Northeast Agility, I had a little lawn sign that I had out near where I was set up and it had this number on it and it said, you know, uh, it said off course agility, uh, podcast. And, um, you know, it said, I forget exactly what I have on the lawn sign, but it had this phone number. So if I am at a trial and you see my sign, it'll be there. I'm not going to put the phone number in the show notes because um, I do put my email in the show notes. And I tell you, I get a lot of spam on that email. Anytime you put something out that's easily accessible for computers and stuff to read, uh, it gets hit. So I've had so many emails telling me that my Chase account is deactivated and I need to sign on immediately to reactivate my account at Chase Bank. Uh, That's all well and good, but I don't have an account at Chase Bank. Thank you very much. So I'm sure you all have gotten such horrible emails yourselves. So always be careful when it comes to the emails and internets and clicking on links that you don't know who they're from. Uh, Public service announcement. So anyway, once again, last time for the phone number, 973-295-5887. You can call and leave a message. You can call and volunteer to be a guest, and you can be sure I will get back to you. Or you can text me. You can leave a text message, too. Um, remember, this, this phone is not really answered, so it might be a while before I get back to you, but it It is uh, there for you to use, and I would appreciate hearing any feedback, comments, or or stories, anything. Uh, Feedback is important. That was the point of uh, Eric Brad's uh, talking to the screen uh, essay. And as a podcaster, I like getting feedback. It means, you know, people are listening, they're enjoying, and I want to be responsive uh, and take take suggestions and feedback. All right, I'm going to take another quick break, and I'll be back uh, with another topic. And I'm going to finish uh, this up with a comment or two uh, about my uh, the venue I run in, which is Nadac, and uh, Champs, a little bit about Champs. So... Uh, as many of you know, uh, any of you going to Champs and have signed up for anything, uh, NADAC has sent out the uh, invoices for uh, the entry fees, camping fees, stalls, uh, pre-trial runs. Uh, NADAC has sent out the invoices to start uh, collecting fees, the fees for all the things that uh, you will be doing at uh, Champs. So that is a good sign of that champs will be happening this year in Ohio. I think uh, that is uh, is pretty much a certainty uh, with vaccination uh, and precautions. I think uh, championships can safely be done. I'm of that opinion. 
But uh, in that vein, uh, um, they have also up. NADAC has also updated uh, their website uh, about uh, the COVID section. Uh, so they have a little uh, section on the championship part of the website that now talks about uh, the COVID uh, precautions. I guess it was titled uh, something to that effect. Essentially. Um, and obviously, if you want the official, go read what's there for yourself on the NADAC website and championships if you are going. But essentially, it sounds like they are going to have a uh, some sort of check-in process. So if you've been vaccinated, if you show your vaccination card, then no mask will be required to be worn at championships by you. If you are not vaccinated or you don't want to show your card or whatever, then you will and must wear a mask at all times except during your runs with your dog. So um, that is the case. Now, obviously, uh, the championship event, most of it is all in, you know, it's, it's inside, but it is a big facility. Uh, you're in the, you know, if you're in your horse stall, uh, if you've gotten a stall, you've rented a stall, then you're in the, you might be in the stall area. But even there, if you're not vaccinated, according to what they wrote, you would need to wear your mask. Uh, if you're vaccinated, you do not. Um, and I guess you show your card to them. Uh, they said they aren't going to take copies of it or anything, but they're going to have some sort of checklist and that it will be strictly enforced. So this is generally what it said there. Just thought I'd share that. I had not seen it uh, myself until I happened to go on to the, uh, well, my sister had mentioned it because she's on Facebook. She saw something uh, from NADAC on Facebook. So I went there just to see what, uh, what it was about. And I'm now sharing that with uh, any of you who, of uh, my limited audience that might be going to champs this year. If you are, uh, I will look forward to possibly seeing you at championships in uh, Springfield, Ohio, in the beginning of October this year. And one final thought before I wrap this episode up, a little bit of a possible coming attraction if everything works uh, right and works as scheduled for me. Uh, my next guest on the podcast will be my youngest guest ever. Uh, and it will be Luke uh, from the Luke and Lisa uh, puppy show or the Luke and Lisa talking dog show on YouTube. Uh, Luke and Lisa have been doing uh, shows on YouTube for a little bit. And uh, Luke is just a young guy. And he's a part of the part of the show he's one of the stars of the show so i'm really looking forward i hope it all works out and that uh, my next guest for august will be luke and and lisa too i believe um they they that's the that's the hope and it's an interesting uh, juxtaposition because my last guest was um isabel danforth who did not take up agility until she was retired. So late, later in life, she took up the sport of dog agility. Um, Luke, young guy, young kid, he is 
doing it essentially right at the start. Uh, you know, his his aunt, I believe, it's Lisa, and his mom also does agility. So he's getting involved very, very early. So I'm hoping that all works out, and my guest for August will be Luke from the Luke and Lisa uh, YouTube talk show. If uh, you are going to a trial, if you're doing videotaped runs and submitting them, whatever you're doing in agility, if you're doing it, I wish you happy trialing. <laughs>